Hello, I'm Dr. Gloria Horsley, and I'm her daughter, Dr. Heidi Horsley. Heidi and I want to welcome you to Open to Hope Conversations, the podcast. We believe that the greatest gift you can give yourself after a loss is hope, using this moment to connect with others who have not only survived, but thrived. So let's get started. Welcome to the Open to Hope Show. I'm your host, Dr. Gloria Horsley, with my daughter and co-host. Dr. Heidi Horsley. Well, Heidi, we are going to be talking about faith and skepticism today and how somebody's gotten through that has that skepticism maybe starting and then moving into faith. So you want to introduce our guest, Heidi? Sure. So as you said, Mom, faith and skepticism will be what we're talking about. And our guest today is Johnny Sensel. And she had a compelling premonition that warned her that she would soon lose the man that she loved. She is a certified grief educator and trained first aid arts responder. And she is the author of the book, Feeling Fate, a memoir of love, intuition, and spirit. And she is an open to hope writer. Welcome to the show, Johnny. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. It's great to have you on. Talk about what happened to you with your premonition and your relationship. Well, I met uh, the love of my life on a scuba diving vacation um, relatively late in life. And even though there were a number of obstacles, uh, we sort of fell madly in love and managed to have a long distance relationship for a while before being able to be together in person. And on our second weekend together, I had a premonition that... um, you know, the great gift that this relationship was, was something that I could have, but that I was going to lose it. And that I needed to sort of be okay with that, that that was sort of the deal that was being offered is what it felt like to me. Um, And I took that deal, it was worth it. And then that was sort of in the back of my mind, over the next three years, um, as we were able to uh, move into a house together, move across the country a couple of times to be able to enable that and had just a wonderful relationship. Mm-hmm. So when he dropped dead rather suddenly at age 59, without having any known medical conditions, mm-hmm. it was a terrible shock. But I, but I also wasn't really surprised because all along I'd sort of had a hyper awareness of how much I valued him and the relationship because of what felt like to me a warning. And, and when I did lose him, it was very difficult. In fact, more difficult than it seemed like it should have been knowing that I had that kind of warning. Um, But that opened up questions for me about what do I really believe about predestination or a bigger picture or a plan for the universe? Does it help to know that? What is the meaning in our lives? And the book is the result of me working through the process of trying to figure out what I really believe based on the experiences that I've had in my life. I was just wondering, Johnny, how long were you with your partner before he died? Uh, three years and eight months we had. And you had, and so you knew all along, you felt like, okay, he's eventually going to die. I have this premonition, it sounds like. I did. There were a number of things, little things that happened all along the way that sort of reinforced my premonition yeah. that made me very conscious of time and of time passing. And there were times where, you know, we'd be together doing something fun and tears would rise just because I was so conscious that Time was moving very quickly and I couldn't control it. It reminds me of people that are living with someone with a terminal illness. Mm. 
and they know that they're going to die and they know that time is precious, but they're always caught off guard and shocked when they finally actually do die. Right, right. I mean, I guess you could say I had some of the benefits of that experience without the negatives, without the drawbacks, because we were active and healthy the whole time. And I do, I have huge gratitude um, for the amount of gratitude I was able to have, if that makes sense, that I, that I could be so in the moment and so appreciative of him the whole time. It's wow. pretty amazing. It's like my mom said, shouldn't we all be in those spaces with the people that we love? And right. it's pretty interesting that you had this premonition during your relationship. What were your beliefs prior? You know, I'm kind of maybe an odd duck in that I was a physics major for a while in college. So I consider myself pretty science oriented and science based. And yet I've had a number of experiences over my life that have me pretty convinced that there is a greater reality beyond this and that we, our rational minds, don't do a good job of understanding the entire picture. And as I wrote this book, actually, I was thinking back about that and wondering where that came from. And I know, Dr. Heidi, this will probably interest you, but I lost a sibling when we were both very, very young. And in retrospect, I think that experience gave me a little bit of a different perspective on life and death and made me more open for various reasons to the idea of reincarnation or of a heaven or of an afterlife, those sorts of things, maybe just as a defense mechanism, because as a kid, I needed to believe that my little sister um, continued in some form in some way. So I think that really colored my perspectives and so I've done sort of this juggling act my whole life between being pretty science-based and science-oriented and yet not able to deny my own experiences of some rather spiritual experiences and things that have happened to me that felt like just um, a peek under a curtain of, of a larger reality. There is some growth and learning mm -hmm. in experiences. And I, I think we need not forget that. And it sounds like you had some growth and learning from that. And how did having him die and how did that change your perspective as an adult? You do go back and revisit those early experiences, I would guess. I definitely revisited those early experiences. And um, honestly, I, I had a pretty tough time with grief. Like I said, I, I felt like it was harder than it should have been given my, given my beliefs. Um, I really, really struggled for a long time. But I also because I have that sense that there's maybe more and that our loved ones continue on in some form, that was actually one of the things that sort of pulled me through. I was able to start really paying attention to and kind of building the continued relationship that we have so that even though he's not here physically, I do feel like things happen and things that I can do actually allow me to continue feeling my love for him and his for me. Um, and I think that that idea of a continued relationship, it's very subtle, but I do think it's real. And sometimes I think we have to sort of just get through our grief to get to the point where we can start feeling those very subtle things. Mm -hmm. And what type of things do you have subtle? A number of things. There are a few I share in the book, but things continue to happen to me that feel to me very much like uh, the universe kind of giving me signs or approving of what I'm doing. Uh, for example, 
Um, I very recently went back to Hawaii to go scuba diving for the first time since his death. And I was pretty worried that that was going to be a miserable experience because I went by myself. So the entire time, it's sort of a comparison between being there with him and being there by myself. But from my first moment there, amazing things kept happening that just very much felt like the universe smiling upon me. And, and if nothing else, Tony sort of approving of the fact that I did that. And I ended up having a wonderful time because whales were giving me performances that nobody else saw and spinner dolphins were spinning for me when I was the only one on the beach and, you know, huge rainbows were coming out and I had all kinds of adventures and stumbled on all kinds of interesting and intriguing things that I, I didn't anticipate. And it turned out to be a wonderful vacation because it felt very much like it was something that I was getting validation for doing. And then in a lot of ways, he was there with me. Mm -hmm. oh, that, that's lovely. I, I like that. Noticing those signs and accepting them, I think, are the important thing. And that, as you said, they can be subtle and you can choose to accept them or not. What about the loneliness? I know uh, people have lost their partners often talk about that. How do you deal with that? Uh, it's a challenge. I have a dog. I'm a dog person and I couldn't live without animals. So that's that's one of the more important ways that I work around that. Um, and since losing Tony, one of the things that I realized early on, if there was a useful lesson to be learned in the experience, it was that I need to rely on my friends a little bit more than I do and strengthen those relationships and try to make those relationships more intimate and more emotionally supportive. So I've turned a lot to my friends as well. Mm -hmm. Johnny, I had a question about your relationship because what I found is oftentimes when I'm talking to people that have had a partner, a boyfriend, a girlfriend, whatever die, they feel like they don't have the support they would have if they had been married. Mm. Have you found that to be true or not? Um, in terms of my friends and family, not not so much. I mean, they mm -hmm. they knew how close we were and knew that, you know, some of the circumstances. But there definitely have been other venues or other people where um, I did feel a little bit like I probably would have had more support if we had been formally married. Yeah, I think it's a challenge. Um, anytime someone is in a less than traditional relationship, I think that uh, the outside world brings their own views to that. Now, you also do writing coaching. I have just sort of started creating a writing through grief workshop that I'm eager to try to share with folks because it certainly has helped me a lot. And most of the research is that um, writing through trauma experiences or loss can be very supportive for a lot of people. And I'd like to help bring that to people because I sort of had to find my way through it. You talked a lot about the research around writing through grief and how it helps. I'm wondering, why do you think writing helps people? What about writing helps us through our grief? Um, I'm someone who tends to believe that when we're in the process of writing, especially if we're doing it longhand rather than on the computer, I think it's a little bit easier for things to bubble up from our subconscious and come out the pen before we're even really rec recognizing them consciously ourselves. And I think that's one reason that it, it helps us express emotions that we might not feel comfortable 
expressing to another human being or even into an empty room because we know that it's on a piece of paper that we can throw out or burn or crumple up or whatever if if we feel like we need to do that. So to me, writing feels like a safer space to release emotions than many of the other opportunities that we have. Yeah, that's that's interesting because I find when I write, you can take a risk. Yeah. <laughs> I just say, all right, put it down. So what? You yeah. know, no one else it. needs to see it necessarily, and you can decide what to do with it later. What about a memoir versus a novel? That's a good question. The process of writing it was very different for me, and there were things that were much more challenging about writing a memoir than writing a novel. I actually, because I am a believer in fiction, if you will, and that fiction can really tell truths, I do think that you could probably write a novel that was as emotionally helpful as writing memoir, but I think you would have to be a really good writer to do it. I think that the temptation would be to veer into fiction when you're really getting to things that you probably need to explore emotionally. And when memoir doesn't allow you to do that because you're expected to be being honest with yourself and your reader. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. Well, tell us how people can find you and find your website. This is my book, Feeling Fate, and it, it is available anywhere books are sold, pretty much. Any bookstore should be able to order it if they don't have it on the shelves. And my website is just my name. You can type in www.johnnysensel.com, J-O-N-I-S-E-N-S-E-L, and that'll take you to my website, which is sort of oriented around um, creativity and the use of creativity for, for nurturing loss and for um, soothing trauma and grief and other difficult emotions. So everything on my website is sort of oriented toward that. There are tips and tools and other readings. Mm -hmm. well, and that is where I post my workshops. Great. Well, thank you so much for being on the show today and for being an open to hope writer. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. It was great talking with you and I'll see everybody on the Open to Hope website. Thank you, Johnny. And thank you, as my mom said, for being an Open to Hope writer and for giving people help after loss. My pleasure. And, and thanks everybody for joining us on this show today. And Heidi and I always want to remind you that if you've lost hope, please lean on ours until you find your own and God bless. I'm Dr. Heidi Horsley. You have been listening to Open to Hope, the podcast. You can follow Open to Hope on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. To learn more, visit us at opentohope.com and go to Apple Podcasts to subscribe. I'm Dr. Gloria Horsley. Join us again next week for another Open to Hope conversation, where we invite you to lean on our hope until you find your own.